Welcome to the sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Becca Bruner. Well, as far as I can tell, this year, 2020, it's had a whole lot of unknowns in it, hasn't it? just a lot going on week by week, month by month, that we just don't know how any of this is going to turn out. Just a quick pop quiz for everybody at home. Uh, See what you do know and what you don't know. No Googling, just like off the top of your head, what do you know, what don't you know? So uh, question number one, will you and your loved ones remain safe from COVID-19? We don't know. When will a vaccine be ready? Who will get it? And and will it be safe? We don't know. How will the economy fare through all this? We don't know. How will our kids who are going in and out and in and out and out and in of school and life and everything, how will they fare through all of this? We don't know. How much collective weight have we put on since quarantine started? We don't want to know. <laughs> Seriously, even some days I find myself asking, like, wait, what day is it? What, what, what week is it? What month is it? Literally, I don't know. I've completely lost track of time some days. There is so much we don't know. There's a lot we don't know, but let's rest assured there are some very important things we do know. We know that there is a way to be filled with the immeasurable love of God. We know that we have been given an opportunity to know the unknowable love of God. And we want to make it that way, and we want to offer that opportunity to every single one of us. This month we're entering into what we in the church call stewardship season. Every year we do come to you and we talk about money. And we ask you to make a commitment to give your money, to prayerfully consider how you might support the work of Jesus Christ in and through Paoli Presbyterian Church in the coming year. Now, I know that for some of you, this is a season, these are the Sundays where you think maybe that's the time I can take a little break, right? Like you do what I will confess I do, when I turn on the radio and I turn it to to NPR and I hear that they're doing their annual fund drive, I change the channel. I do. I I get tired of listening to it and so I turn the channel and I keep the channel turned until they're done, until they're stopped with their fund drive. But let me tell you, this is no NPR fund drive, what we're doing here. And, and really, this isn't an ordinary stewardship season. For this month, while, yes, we are going to ask you to consider what you might give to God, much, much more than that, we are talking about what God gives to us. It's about what God gives to us. This title of this series we're entering into today, it's called Infinitum. Infinitum is a Latin word that means without end or limit. And this idea, this this concept of something being so big, so vast, so unfathomable that it's without end, without 
limit. This is what I think the Apostle Paul was getting at in the passage of Scripture we just read. This is Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus, and and this is our prayer for the church at Paoli, that we might experience the infinitum love of God. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do in this message today, in this series this month. We're going to do three simple things. First, we're going to introduce what the infinitum life looks like. We're going to talk about how starting today you can experience this endless, limitless love of God. Second, we're going to encourage you to experience that. We're going to give you some practical ways, some tools to put into practice that that we actually believe have the power to change how you live and how you give. And then third, we're going to invite you to make a commitment. Over the course of this month, whenever it feels right to you, we're going to ask you to make a commitment to give as an expression of this infinitum life. We believe that over the course of this month, you are going to come to know and experience that the the outpouring abundance of God, you're going to be filled with the love of God in such a way that you want to just give back. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to introduce, encourage, and invite. So what's happening today, that's going to happen over the course of this month. So let's get at it. First, introduce what is this infinitum life we're talking about? How, how does one really experience the endless, limitless love of God? Well, friends, quite simply, it starts and it ends with Jesus. Jesus is the way that we experience the infinitum life, by, by knowing him, by following him, by loving him. The more we know of Jesus, the more we'll know God's love. Plain and simple as that. That's what Paul's praying for, for the people of Ephesus. And that's what we are praying for here, too. We are praying for more Jesus. Just look at what his prayer says. He says, I pray that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You know, there are two Greek words that can be translated as dwell. One of them, it kind of has a a temporary connotation. You know, just just somebody who's coming to inhabit a place as a stranger. Think about like a, a guest in a hotel room just for a night. That's one way that the word dwell can be used in scripture. But the other word, the other Greek word, has to do with settling down, making a place your permanent home. And that's the, that's the word that Paul is using here, that second Greek word for dwell. He's praying for Jesus to dwell more deeply, more permanently, more securely in our hearts. You know, this is, this is really the fundamental, the most important prayer anyone can ever pray. This is, this is the root of what it means to be a Christian. Just, just look at the word Christian. You break it apart. You see the very word literally means Christ in one. To be a Christian means that the living Christ, the second person of the Trinity, actually comes to live inside of you, inside of me. And so that's what we're praying for. 
we are praying that Christ would dwell in our hearts, that Christ would come and take up permanent residence inside our hearts because we know that when he does, two things will happen. We'll be given power and we will be overwhelmed with love. Friends, when Christ comes and dwells in your heart, you are given power. That's what Paul is praying for. He says, I pray that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his Holy Spirit. When Jesus comes to live in our hearts, we are given power. Power we wouldn't have without him. That's what Jesus is, is getting at when he speaks to his disciples and he tells them, he says, abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, friends, without Jesus, we can do nothing. But with Jesus, we have the power to do all things. For this Jesus, who captivated the people of his day and transformed those who trust in him, this same Jesus is alive and on the move today. The same mighty power that defeated death is available to us now. Power to pardon our sin and remove our guilt. Power to break the chains of addiction and abuse. Power to heal our broken lives and to restore our broken relationships. Power to fill our lives with meaning and with purpose. Jesus gives us power. But not only that, Jesus gives us power and Jesus overwhelms us with love. Again, Paul's prayer, Paul says, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. When Jesus comes and makes his home in our hearts, we come to know him in a profoundly personal way. Not just intellectually, but experientially. And I want you to notice something. Something about Paul's prayer here. Notice what he doesn't pray for. He does not pray that we would come to love Jesus more. No, he prays that we would come to grasp how much Jesus loves us more. That we would know not just about Jesus' love, but that we would know it by personal experience. That we would be confident of it. That we would be assured of it. That we would be overwhelmed by it. You know, I, 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 personally, I've, I've had a, a handful, a small handful of encounters with God. Moments where I have felt overwhelmed by Jesus' love. And one of those times, the, the time that, that comes to mind that I wanted to share with you today happened a few years ago. It was actually just a couple years into my experience of becoming, of being a, a pastor. Um, and in those first couple of years of figuring all of that out, I was working 
very, very hard. You know, I was doing my best for Jesus. I wanted to be the, the best, the most faithful, the most successful pastor I could be. I was doing everything I possibly could to make sure that Jesus knew how much I loved him. And to be honest, I was tired. And uh, at the time, at the church where I was working, there was this three-day spiritual retreat that a number of the members had attended previously, and they just spoke glowingly of it. It had been a really impactful experience for them, and it really changed their lives. And so as they told me about it, I thought, well, this might be a good tool for ministry for our church. This might be an experience that, that I could help facilitate for them. They, the other members of my church, they may, may get a lot out of this retreat, so maybe I ought to check it out for them. Get where I'm going with this? So I, I signed myself up for that retreat, and I went, and I went to work. I went to go and to, to show up and to show off how much I could do for Jesus. But Jesus had other plans. Jesus. Jesus wanted to, to show up and to show off how much he could do for me. And I remember so clearly for that first day and a half, you know, I was there. I was going through the motions of the retreat. I was listening to the talks. I was participating in the activities, but I was kind of doing so from a distance. You know, I, I was observing. I was critiquing. I was evaluating, deciding whether or not this was all good for somebody else. And then this, this time of worship we had on Saturday afternoon. We entered into it, and, and as we did, they invited us to think about the things in our lives that prevented us from, from really fully knowing and, and receiving the love that Jesus had for us. And as we thought about those things, they handed us this rock to hold on to, this heavy rock, and to feel its weight and to feel that burden of not being able to fully receive Jesus' love. And, you know, I did it. I held on to the rock, you know, kind of. I was going to go through the motions of what they told us to do, but I was going to do so from my professional distance. But without my planning it and without my even wanting it, really, this thought just came kind of whooshing into mind. And as I held on to this rock, I just thought, you know, Becca, the thing that keeps you from really fully knowing Jesus' love for you is this idea that you have, that you have to earn it. That like, unless you work really, really hard, unless you completely exhaust yourself, unless you do everything you can for Jesus, Jesus isn't going to do all that much for you. Jesus doesn't love you unless you really deserve it. And as I sat there and I, I held on to that rock, I just kind of was like, Ugh. I knew it was true. And I knew that it was exhausting me. And I knew that if I didn't let it go, eventually it was going to kill me. And so as we each held on to our rocks, whatever they were for us, those burdens that kept us from receiving Jesus' loves, we were invited to carry them forward. And we were invited to place them at the foot of a cross 
and then after we did, to, to come empty-handed and to receive communion. And I'll be honest, as I walked forward holding on to that rock, I did so with some skepticism. I was like, you know, really, is this real? Is this going to work? Like, if I just set this down and, and receive communion, what's that really going to do for me? I wasn't sure. But I did what they told me to. I, I walked forward. I, I set down that rock at the foot of the cross. And, and I'll be honest, I felt a little lighter from it. But what I'll never forget is then when I went to receive communion. And the person who served me, it was a woman. She was one of the leaders in the retreat. And I had barely met her. And key thing here is I had never done anything for her. I had done nothing to deserve this. What she did for me. And what she did before she gave me communion. I'm not sure why. She didn't do this for anybody else, but she just grabbed me and she wrapped her arms around me and she embraced me. She hugged me like I was her dearest, closest, long-lost friend. She just gave me this wonderful hug and then she pulled back she looked me square in the eye and she just said, Oh, I am so glad you're here. You are so deeply loved. And as she did that, again, just kind of just what whooshed over me was, if this woman, this woman that I barely know, this woman whom I've done nothing for, earned nothing from, if she can love me like that, how much more does Jesus love me like that? Without conditions, without exception, just, just loves me. And I'll tell you, in, in, in that moment, I was just, I was overwhelmed. And, and even to this day, I, I, I just, I can't tell you what that meant to me, what that meant to me in that moment and what that means to me even still today, that, that, that my value isn't based on my performance, that, that Jesus' love for me isn't based on what others think of me. It's all based on Jesus, Jesus who just, just loves me, not for what I am, not for what I do, just, just for who he is, that he loves me without exception. So what is the infinitum life? It's Jesus Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith, giving us his power and overwhelming us with his love. So how do we get it? How do we experience this life? How do we put it into practice? Well, there are a lot of ways that question can be answered, but as a community in this season, we want to encourage you to experience this life in a, in a specific way, through a specific practice of prayer, the infinitum prayer. We believe that, that this way of communing with God has the power to connect us to this limitless, endless love of God. This prayer, which I'll share with you in just a moment, it has three parts and, and three corresponding postures, ways of holding your body as you pray. And our encouragement for each one of us is that we would pray this prayer every single day, every day of this 
month. As you'll see in just a moment, it's something that really could just take you 60 seconds or it could take you 60 minutes. However deeply you want to go into it, that's completely up to you. But here are the basics of infinitum prayer, how you do it. First, most importantly, you got to find a time and a place to do it. Uh, I would suggest finding a, a private place, a quiet place, a place you're not going to be distracted by or a distraction to others. Uh, so a place and a time. For me, it's best if I pray first thing in the morning uh, before the kind of busyness of the day overwhelms me, right? But whatever time works for you, you choose it, you do it, and commit to it. Find a time, find a place where you can pray. And then uh, these are the three prayers with each corresponding posture. First is a prayer of surrender. So literally you hold your hands up like this as if surrendering. And, and holding your hands up in that position of surrender, here's the prayer. As I choose to hold up my hands as a symbol of surrender. My life is not about me. I surrender to your lordship. I surrender my preferences, prejudices, and position to you. My fears, finances, friends, and family to you. That's the first one. Second prayer is the prayer of generosity. And you kind of hold your hands out as if you're giving somebody a gift in those hands. And we pray this. We say, I, I choose to hold out my hands as a symbol of generosity. What I have is not mine. I am only a steward of all that you have given me. I want to mirror the way that you opened your hand to us and lavished your love and life upon us. I want to live an open-handed life in a closed-fist culture. And the third is a prayer of mission. You hold our hands forward, facing out, and we pray. I choose to hold my hands forward as a symbol of mission. I want to live for something greater than me. I want to embrace your kingdom mission. I want to embrace and welcome your mission to the lost, last, least, and lonely, to the poor, powerless, privileged, and persecuted. Those are the three prayers. And to help you remember them, we've actually made up cards. We're going to give these out in person in our in-person gathered worship times, but they're also going to be mailed out to everybody on our mailing list so that you have them here, all the words of the prayer and the postures correlated with each one. You can have that right in front of you. Uh, you can also find it on our Infinitum website. If you go to paolipress.org forward slash infinitum, everything you need to practice this prayer is there. And our encouragement, if you want to experience the infinitum life, is to pray this prayer, the infinitum prayer, every day. Pray these words, and then as you go through your day, live these words. See how the content of this prayer just seeps out into your life. Watch how this prayer changes the way you live. See if this prayer affects the way you give. Which leads to the third and final thing I want us to talk about today. We've talked about the infinitum life as this power-filled, love-overwhelmed, personal presence of Jesus. And we've encouraged you to live this life by practicing this daily infinitum prayer. But finally, we want to extend to you the invitation to give as an expression of this infinitum life. 
As I said in the beginning, this is stewardship season. This is the time where we do ask every person in our community to make their commitment for how you are going to financially support the work of God at Paoli Presbyterian Church in the coming year. But let's be clear, that is not a, a simple human decision. This is a Jesus-guided, Jesus-driven, Jesus-empowered decision. So, over the course of this next month, as, as we pray this prayer every day, as we unpack these ideas every week of surrender and generosity and mission, we're going to listen to God. And then we're going to make our decision for what and how we're going to give. So whenever in the course of this month you feel led to your decision, you can make your commitment. You can do that in a couple of ways. Uh, in, in a couple weeks here, we're going to mail out another card. This is just the, the commitment card you can fill out uh, of what and how you want to give of your finances in the coming year. And you can re return this card here to the church, either bring it in person or send it in the mail. Uh, you can also make your commitment online, again, at that website, paolipress.org forward slash infinitum. There's a way you can fill out a, a, an online commitment card there as well. You know, friends, in our world, there is much we do not know. So let's hold on to what we do know. We're offered this incredible gift of life and love through the indwelling presence of Jesus Christ. So let's take up that life, the infinitum life, as we offer ourselves in daily prayer to surrender to generosity and to mission.